Since the Royal Commission into the mortgage industry in 2019, mortgages have been scrutinised with a fine-tooth comb and it just seems like it's almost impossible to get a mortgage without donating a kidney. Today, we will get to the bottom of why it all happened and how you can successfully obtain a mortgage in the current climate. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langeter. Real Estate Right is breaking through the barriers and getting noticed in the world of real estate. If you love it as much as us, please subscribe, rate and review us where you listen to your favourite podcasts as we are always getting in the best guests to get your real estate right. Today, we have two amazing guests on to talk to us about the changing mortgage industry. Duncan Tonkin is the director of Villa Finance Group, who specialises in residential and investment lending. Duncan has 24 years experience in the banking and finance industry, and in 2013 began Villa Finance Group. His team have a passion for assisting clients creating wealth through property and are in the midst of implementing a revolutionary blockchain technology called Intelligent Credit in conjunction with Australian Mortgage that will completely simplify the home lending process for home loan applicants. And we also have James Green from Australian Mortgage. James has over 20 years experience in financial services and property. He has established an extensive network and won 18 Mortgage Industry Awards. James has been actively involved in the finance industry, where he has held positions on the MFAA National Lenders Committee, an MFAA Mortgage Managers Committee, and the Council of Mortgage Lenders. James has been a speaker at the Finance Broker Association of Australia's National Conference and has written numerous educational articles for Kaplan Education and Total Real Estate Training. In 2017-2018, James owned, managed and settled over $1.5 billion in residential mortgages. An amazing feat. Welcome, James and Duncan. How are you? Very well, good. thanks, Sue. Good. How are you? That's good. Yeah, good, thanks. So what got you both into mortgage lending? Duncan, do you want to go first? Uh, so I think um, for me, I had a, a, quite a long uh, career at, at ANZ. So I've always had an interest in banking and helping people yeah. reach their financial goals. Um, and then for me, I think the opportunity to, um, to do something on my own and, and to create something my own, whereby I can assist clients get into property and create wealth through property. Yeah. So I guess they're probably the primary drivers for me. Yeah, definitely. How about you, James? I started originally, it's a it's a bit of a funny uh, thing. I, I actually wanted to be a stockbroker when yeah. I went to school. Um, and I ended up becoming a finance mortgage broker as I left <laughs> school. And back then, there was no such, really, there was barely any mortgage and finance industry. It was uh, a totally different looking marketplace. Yeah. Um, luckily, I rose the huge rise. Um, that we've seen over the last 20 years now that we're seeing about 60% of all customers going to mortgage and finance projects. So it's been a hell of a journey for me. I can imagine. I think I made the right choice too. You probably did. Okay, let's start with the Royal Commission. James, what have been some standout changes since the Royal Commission of 2019? 
Um, this is a really interesting question. A bit about my background is throughout the Royal Commission and the implementation process, I was actually an advisor to government. So I was working very closely with government and giving yeah. access to industry to the highest levels, um, to the Prime Minister and, and below. And yeah. we, I got to really see and work with both sides of government as the Royal Commission came about. The big scare for the industry was the, the viability of the mortgage broking industry. Yeah. Um, and it was a caught everyone a bit by surprise because originally the Royal Commission was aiming at the banks and, and the pra bad practices that we were seeing with some of the banks and somehow the, the crosshairs got put on mortgage brokers. So it, it caught everyone by surprise and a lot of people by shock. And looking back on it, we think we, that, that we probably got that Royal Commission wrong, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, and there's now post-commission um, parliamentary inquiries into financial services. And really, it does been one of the underlying themes of the Royal Commission. But the Royal Commission has said the standards inside financial services has to go up. The old yeah. board practices has to go. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, and that's lost the business. So it's become a more risk compliant um, and, and compliance focused culture um, within financial institutions, not a sales based culture um, to generate profits and increasing profits year on year at the expense of compliance and risk management practices, which may inhibit yeah. rapid growth. Um, so a lot more red tape, a yes. lot more, a lot more checking, a lot more second eyes over everyone's work, but yeah. predominantly a lot more laws that were designed to protect the consumer. Yes. And they brought in with, mortgages in the real estate industry, a couple of things that I worked on really closely, and that was best interest duty. Yeah. And this is a new requirement that now takes effect in 1 January um, where a broker must act in the best interest of its customer. In yes. other words, they can't put their own needs, earning a commission or an easier process ahead of the customer getting the best deal for them. Now, what is a best deal? Yeah. Well, there's a that's a that's a paper in its own right, and, <laughs> it and is. its own right. But generally yeah. speaking, um, when you take into the consideration the customers all their needs and objectives, not just now but into the future, yeah. that the loan you've recommended for them is the the best, most suitable loan in terms of price meeting the customer's objectives and ongoing uh, ongoing service to that customer. It yes. doesn't mean always the cheapest. Like we, so that's one of the misconceptions. Yes. Uh, it's actually probably ahead of that is what the client wants to achieve. Yeah. Uh, obviously. So, so um, if they want to could, achieve paying off their mortgage quicker within, you know, 15 years instead of 30, those sort of concepts. Exactly. So you but on the more complex, it might be um, looking at a client's needs and objectives in terms of if they were looking to buy a property and they have to settle in two weeks' time, mm. um, then making sure they can settle in two weeks' time is ahead of the lowest rate because the person offering the lowest rate might take six weeks and yeah. so therefore you wouldn't meet the client's best interest. Yes, so fair you enough. See, our price isn't always the driver. Yes. Um, but and So, yeah, what we're really seeing... One, some of the great things was the change of government, though, as a result of the last year's election 
and and really we saw some great things for property, particularly the abolition of the of a part of the APRA's prudential lending standards in terms of serviceability um, buffers being below the seven percent. They took that floor away yeah. and made it two and a half percent. That really increased people's borrowing capacity, and we saw a little a small resurgence in property prices as a result of that. Yeah, and then. Um, we saw some great initiatives and support from the government around first home buyers incentives with the first home loan deposit scheme, um, now with some building incentives that they've recently brought out. And you yes. can see that property in Australia and mortgages are a defensive sector and really uh, probably one of the greatest asset classes globally that we know. When you said it was going from 7% down to 2.5, do you mean 2.5 less? So it's now... 2.5% of your loan rate. So say you get a loan for 3%. Oh, okay, yeah. You're going to on 5.5, where we're used to assess it on 7%. Yeah, okay. Obviously, mm. that increases the person's ability to borrow quite significantly. Yes, mm. oh, I can imagine. It was, never con- it was never contemplated at the time that we would have interest rates of 0.25% of the RBA. Yeah. It was just, it never came into the, it never envisaged it. So yeah. the, to, they thought that the benchmark rate was more around the six percent mark in terms of where interest rates would sit, not three percent where we are today, yeah. half the price. Yes. So, so yes, yeah. it's it's it definitely um has been a game changer, hasn't it? Because um yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Duncan, how has it changed since the outbreak of COVID? Um, look, I think like everyone, I think those in finance and property have had to adjust to how to how they do transactions. Mm-hmm. I think social distancing has led to, to huge improvements uh, in, in things such as Zoom, like we're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, whereby you know brokers can conduct interviews uh, remotely. Um, we've seen a lot of lenders expedite their investment into to platforms that enable brokers to perform ID uh, procedures remotely. Yeah. Um, applications such as IDU and, and Zip ID make it very very easy and simple for us to, to process a home application, um, mm-hmm. whereby it can be really handled from start to finish. Uh, without the need for a face-to-face meeting. Yep. So now that there's the home loan deferrals, which a lot of people took up, what is the danger with doing that? Interestingly enough, we've seen about 15% of of home loan clients on average take up a repayment holiday. Yeah. Uh, And and while many have seen this as an opportune time to to increase their their cash flow short term, yeah. Um, and, and in saying that, that there is legitimate clients out there that do require the holiday um, mm-hmm. with the effects of COVID. Um, the, the idea of boosting short-term cash flow can have implications. Mm. Um, most lenders would want to see between three and six months clear repayment history uh, yeah. before I consider further lending. So for those clients who have thought, you know, I'll take a bit of a holiday for now, um, if they need further funds over the next three to six months, there could be implications. Mm. Um, in saying that, um, there are lenders out there that will consider uh, applicants who can demonstrate they had sufficient cash on hand to meet those repayments over the holiday. Mm. Um, but in saying that, it's, it's only a handful this day. So up in the air, how they're going to view that in the future, but certainly for now, that there are impacts. Yeah. And the reality is you still have to pay the interest on those months that you deferred, don't you? 100%. So over the long term, it's going to be more expensive because you're not yeah. paying off that principal. Yeah. The interest is still accruing. So, yes, it's going to take you longer to pay your loan off. Yeah, which is scary for a lot of people. You know, some people Absolutely. don't see it. Like if you're 20-something, you don't see it. When you're 40-something going into 50s, that's a big, big chunk. 
Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, so out of those 15% of people that, that took up the holiday, yeah. 48% have resumed repayments after three months. So it probably says, that all in all, I think that's a pretty positive story when, uh, when you're looking at really about 7% of customers only taking up that option at yeah. this point in time. Which is good because you still need to keep everything going. Actually, some interesting stats I saw around it um, is that uh, arrears data from S&P that were recently reported has actually gone down mm-hmm. during yeah. this period. So um, that's an interesting statistic on prime residential lending in mm. its own right. In the middle of COVID, our arrears rates are getting better and that's probably to do with the, the, the you don't have to report a customer yes. that has gone on, to this, on the, that type of repayment um, yeah. holiday. There's lots of ways we can read those statistics, aren't there? Oh, there is. And one of the <laughs> things I was looking at, Sue, is first home buyers. Well, there's been a massive spike in first home buyers due to government benefits and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but what I read this morning is that 70% of first home buyers that were pre-COVID that were looking at getting into the market have actually yeah. held off doing so because they're wanting to retain funds for all their spent those funds that may have gone towards yeah. the deposit. Mm. So while there's, there's things like the first home loan scheme, it, it's... Uh, it's, there's positive and negative stories everywhere. It's, it's like you say, it's the way you interpret it, isn't it? Yeah, it is, definitely. So, Duncan, are lenders being conservative in how much they lend now, more so than ever? Um, look, not necessarily. I think James has touched on it before. Um, yeah. Assessment rates have, if anything, dropped over the last 12 to 18 months. So um, while lenders such as ING are sitting at 8% for an assessment rate, we've got others that are at 525 as James touched on. So yeah. borrowing capacity for many individuals has actually increased uh, yeah. and, and provides more opportunity time to get the market. I think James also touched on the fact that, okay, there's more eyes looking at applications, but mm. when there's a quality broker who can structure an application, tell the story right and put yeah. that forward to an assessor, um, I still think many are very much open for business. Yeah. Yeah, because it's interesting that the stories I'm hearing from, you know, clients trying to get um, money, there's... They're just bending over backwards, you know, getting a kidney out just to make well, it happen. <laughs> absolutely. Well, but as you know firsthand, though, we've been through the experience. Many yeah. lenders are offering incentives to, to, yeah. to switch. Um, and that, that can make it very beneficial, not only to take, take um, benefit of, of, of the low interest rates, record low yeah. interest rates, but, but also save money and pay off your loan quicker. I, I guess one of the um, concerns that I have seen of late uh, when it comes to is it harder to lend is mm-hmm. for self-employed. So we're buying the past, we relied on tax returns for a previous financial year. Yeah. Many lenders are now asking for most recent BAS statements and business bank statements to determine yeah. that there is actually no cash flow effect due to, uh, to, okay. to COVID. So it has made it a little harder, but in my eyes, really, that's uh, all in the name of being responsible. Yeah. Another thing that's always been a concern too is people who are doing things like afterpay and zip pay and all sorts of stuff. That's Bit of a, been a bit of contender, hasn't it, when it comes to making it a bit trickier to get your mortgage um, approved? Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people view those uh, zip, zip pay and, and after pay as uh, they don't they don't view it as as a liability or or as debt. Mm. Uh, they view it as a short term cash flow flow solution, and most won't even declare it on an application. Mm. So it's got a stage whereby they might declare credit cards, they might forget one or two as well. But when it comes yeah. to uh, Things like that, uh, certainly investigation into living expenses and all that needs to be, you know, very yeah. thorough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a much deeper, a much deeper analysis of bank statements now by the banks as a result of, of the Royal Commission. So mm. they're going through that, and there's a lot of arguments, and and the, probably the biggest one at the moment is the Shiraz 
and uh, and wagyu steak argument versus noodles and 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 wine and yeah. uh, or, or beer, and yeah. they're currently talking about can you adjust your living expenses in order to get to low? Yeah, um, which the regulator was view that we shouldn't, but recently we've been found in in a, a major bank's favour that you can adjust your living expenses. But it's just that layer of questioning by the bank that's causing mm. a massive elongation on the timeline of the credit assessment mm. within the banks. I saw one major bank get up to 38 days to assess an application at one yeah. stage there. Yeah, it's insane how long. Like I know somebody who bought a house six weeks ago and is supposed to be settling in two weeks' time and only just got approved, um, I think, yesterday or the day before after being knocked back and then they had to contest it. And, yeah, so... Was that direct with the lender, Sue? No, I believe it was a broker. Yeah, right. Yeah, they did have afterpay, but because there's no statements associated with afterpay, they can't prove their borrowing. Um, That's what they were told anyway. But Yeah, they're also told a silly thing like um, the new place that they're moving to is going to be more expensive, so a higher standard of living to where they are now, but they're currently renting something at about three grand a month and the repayments on their loan will be about two, maybe two, two a month. So it was really all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, we've seen that creep into the responsibility that if you're moving from one location to the other, you yeah. can make adjustment for additional travel costs if you're moving further away. Yeah. These are, these are all the new rules that have really crept in the last 12 months. And that's just one of many here. And so it has yeah. become harder, hasn't it? Well, it has. I mean, even people that like to have, you know, a, a lazy flutter on the horses on a weekend and might allocate a budget of $100 a weekend, to their yeah. betting account. Um, yeah. Some lenders are picking up and saying, well, that, that is a... a, a it's character. Well, bad it's, character. It, it's, yeah. almost, it's, it's almost uh, not discretionally bad character. <laughs> it's bad character, isn't it? They, they really are a lot harder on it. They used to not be so harsh on it, but now they see TAB or Crown Casino on their... But regularly each week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, no thanks. Hmm, you know, no, yeah, no. yeah. So there's lots of little factors that stop you from living your life that can come up on your mortgage application. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the amount that they're going through bank statements now, line by yeah. line, and asking mm. that yeah. hasn't been as profound until really recently, until the Royal Commission. Mm. Mm. Yeah, which is, you know, not great for our kids, is it? Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> we get there. So, uh, James, how is the mortgage industry making it more beneficial for their customers? Well, I guess at the same time as we talk about the negative and the scrutiny. Um, we are blessed by some great changes in technology and also legislation which allows um, a greater access to data like never before. Um, mm. Our consumers have owned their data, including the data that's with their bank, and they can instruct their bank under the open banking and, and, and various new laws that have come into effect to, to basically share that data with whomever they like. Mm. Um, and that allows um, what we call neo-lenders or the fintechs of, that are, of today or, or tomorrow to really provide rapid analysis of the information by using technology. And so we are seeing that whilst scrutiny and, and, and responsible lending standards have gone up, 
technology yeah. has provided a solution to make sure it can be equal yeah, yeah to, to, to level the playing field and, and yeah. speed up the process and so we're seeing now um bank data being scraped from multiple bank accounts almost instantaneously shared with the broker or the lender in, in a variety of formats whether it's a paper-based format through their email or xml files or even populated into analysis tools, which already reads all the information and presents it in a really easy to understand way back to the customer. So they also can adjust that information prior to submitting the application and that the broker can then build a case around the adjustments. So therefore they get ahead of the questions that could be asked by the bank. And that's one, only just one part of the service we're seeing e-conveyancing coming into play, digital mortgages, executing documents with DocuSign. We're seeing um, now banks not being so insistent on face-to-face appointments, looking at um, other solutions such as IDU, Zoom meetings. And so you're seeing uh, a a real balancing act between the, the more strict, diligent assessment process with technology making it faster and easier. Yeah. Sounds good. Lisa, something on our side, the customer. (laughs) (laughs) So, Duncan, what should buyers be looking for in their mortgage lender? Um, Well, so I guess that's really where the advice and guidance of a a quality broker would come in. Yeah. Um, Often clients really don't know what they want. And I guess our role is to to do a personal assessment for our clients and understand their personal situation. And then, as James touched on before, provide the most appropriate solution. Mm. So... When taking uh, into account, I guess, a client's financial goals, we can look at 30 plus different lenders. Yeah. Um, and James touched on this before, while rate is often the first thing people want to talk about, it's yeah. not necessarily the determinant of, of what people should be looking for. Mm. Um, I think James explained that very well before because from yeah. each individual is going to differ from each individual. And I guess that's where uh, a home loan export expert um, can, can provide a really tailored solution. Yeah, if I started working with you and then I decided, oh, I don't really like the way you're doing stuff and I moved on to somebody else, but you'd already say you started getting a loan approved because I know I've had previously um, a credit, oh, I, I started a loan approval situation, but then I didn't yep. go ahead with it. But, you know, and then it's like, oh, that's a big black mark on my name because, well, why didn't that go through? Why, you know, and it's like, well... They were asking the impossible. I think they were asking for tax year to be completed within the next 30 days and it was like two days before Christmas. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And I think that's when I actually decided to go ahead with using you because it was like, oh, that's not going to work. But, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like if you change your mortgage broker or your potential mortgage lender, will there be black flags against your name or not? It's not a black flag as such. There's a credit inquiry recorded. Yeah. uh, you know, they can't really be done flippantly. So yeah. really, we need your permission to sign off that you're, you, you give us permission to do that in credit inquiry. Yeah. It shouldn't be done willy-nilly, but in saying that, I, I do see them out there where, whereby someone's gone into a, a local branch a couple of times and each yeah. time they've played around with the system and it's got all these inquiries there. Yeah. But again, um, if a broker knows he's available lend as well, he's going to know where to take that client mm. uh, to, to explain the story. So... There's, there's certainly avenues around that. Um, it's not necessarily yeah. deemed as a black flag, but yeah. yes, certainly the activity is recorded and, uh, and and it is it is on your file for that five years. Yeah, yeah, it affects yeah, so, credit score. 
it, it, it can, it can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just be wary of it, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Duncan, if you wanted to swap your lines over um, because, you know, there's a better rate somewhere or, you know, they're offering a better deal somewhere, are there any major exit fees for doing so? Uh, look, on average, Sue, you're looking at discharge costs and, and government fees and charges will probably amount to about $800. Um, yeah. So there, there is a cost to move. But, but yeah. for many people, that cost is, is really negated by switching to a better rate and paying a line of sooner. Yeah, um, fair enough. I, I think, like we touched on before, the process isn't hard these days and it's getting much simpler because of yeah. technology and what James touched on. So mm. for me, I, I estimate there's probably you know, an hour to maximum 90 minutes work for a client to refinance yeah. in terms of gathering their information, uh, providing yeah. documentation and signing the loan offer. That yeah. really, for me, 90 minutes can be uh, invaluable when you're saving mm. thousands of dollars. It's not a bad hourly rate. Um, yeah. Yeah, so very easy to switch to, I guess, in summary. Yeah. yeah. And so do you think people are going to be doing it more often um, now that the technology is changing and all that sort of stuff? Well, we certainly, certainly um, saw through COVID there was a large increase because people are homebound. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think various advertising by, by those in the, in, in the industry um, helped other brokers as well because people thought, wow, there is cheap rates out there. Um, yeah. They provided a really good opportunity record to, to switch. Yeah, record, record volume. volumes. Our highest lending volumes on most organisations ever. Were, were a lot of records were broken. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to have a short break now, and James Green from Australian Mortgage will talk to us about a new product that will streamline getting your mortgage and revolutionise the lending process. You're listening to Real Estate Ride. I'm your host, Sue Langada, and I'm on today with Duncan Tonkin from Villa Finance Group and James Green from Australian Mortgage to talk about the changing mortgage industry. There are some big changes about to happen that both James and Duncan have created, aren't there, James? There is. Yes. We are, we're at a very exciting time with technology and disruption that's coming to the marketplace that will make it, people's lives easier. Awesome. So can you tell us about the future in mortgages? Yeah, so what we're really seeing now is um, the use of data and technology that can streamline the, the mortgage. I, I represent an organisation called Australian Mortgage, which is a wholesale lender, yeah. and we've now have enabled the ability for customers to get approved for a home loan in under 15 minutes wow. and settle in one day. Yeah. Now, um, we can settle in one day without... As a discharging lender, we use title insurance to avoid having to even contact the customer's bank mm. and, and seek them to help with the discharge or enable a discharge yeah. um, or release of the security, um, which means just a very quick settlement um, uh, for the customer um, so they really can leverage or um, get the benefits of the refinance within one day. And so it's a pretty exciting time. I'm sure it will be. Um, now, tell us what is AMM blockchain technology and how does that work? So, look, blockchain is a word that's used it, it loosely when, when, when you talk about Australian mortgage marketplaces, okay. um, distributed ledger technology. And that really is a tool that we use to uh, analyse the pool, or hold the pools of mortgages that we have provide real-time data to us and our investors so that they can see exactly what's happening in our mortgages in a real-time basis. This creates more confidence and certainty mm -hmm. 
about the mortgages that uh, we've currently got on our books. And that, and that certainty and that transparency, we hope will result in lower costs for the borrower ultimately yeah. because they know what they're holding, the investor on the other side of the mortgage. And so they know that it's high quality. And so therefore they don't have to build in buffers in the event they currently do. We're still, when you look at the current mortgage marketplace and how lending is done on a wholesale basis um, after the transaction is done with the borrower, yeah. it's still a very 1980s approach to um, to money lending. Mm. Um, and with new technology and technology we're seeing being used by a lot of organisations, for example, the Australian Stock Exchange, the um, New South Wales government, so on and so forth, this technology really allows a rapid sharing of information in a secure and, and a very accurate way that is unredactable. So you can't change it. Mm. It's, done, it's, it's, it's a blockchain. So the, the information is, is fully auditable by any one of the parties. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so now with all of this also comes the phrase intelligent credit. What is intelligent credit? So intelligent credits are is, is how what we describe as the approach to using a technology platform to assess a customer very quickly. And how we do that is by pulling data sources from a variety of areas, mm. for example, um, using statistical valuation processes and organisations to provide us with accurate information about the security property and a good evaluation source data, we can value a property very quickly to know how much the underlying security is worth and how suitable that security is. We can also sweep a customer's bank statements for up to six months, every transaction, all their bank accounts very quickly. By using that data, we can very quickly determine if a person can afford the loan by analysing that data digitally. Mm. We can then pull people's credit file information digitally and look at that and also include it into our intelligent credit process and also complete the identification and cross-referencing of that borrow against other databases like your DBS databases and, and various other ones that enable us to do a vast majority of the credit assessment process digitally and, and very quickly in, a, in roughly 15 minutes. Now, that changes the way real estate is going to be bought and sold in Australia. I remember John McGrath, when I was working with him back in 2009, 2010, said what really would get me excited is if you can get a loan approved prior to going to an auction. Yeah. Now you can. You yeah. literally can. So you can rock up to the auction. We, you can, you, on your phone, we can pull this data and information, yeah. digitally consent, no wet signatures in order to apply, and yeah. we can give you a verified approval to bid at that auction. So it, it's going to completely change the way you and I have bought property in the past. And, yeah. and we're, we're seeing huge interest from developers. Yeah. Where developers are saying, you know, we want to be able to give certainty to our buyers right then and there on the spot and allow them to exit, get the approval and execute the contract of sale right then and there on yeah. site. Um, and so we're seeing this whole new momentum forming that's shaping up to show 2021 as being a really exciting time for real estate mm. and for mortgages um, where it's going to be different and you're going to yeah. have the old way and you're going to have the new way and you're going to see 
which way the consumer gravitates towards. Ah, I'm sure. So essentially no more collecting all the bank statements, no more collecting those credit cards, nothing. It just everything is done so seamlessly. Yeah, you, we, we send you an SMS okay, yeah. just on that part of the process. We send you an SMS, you click the button, you put in your, your CRN and password, the, it shreds that password so it doesn't push any uh, security information to us. Yeah. What it does is it sweeps all your bank statements and sends that data to our intelligent credit system, which yeah. analyzes all that information and presents it back to us by by extrapolating important data like your your regular pay, for example, yeah. your government payments, but then also on the expense side, your um, your credit card loan limits, your current monthly repayments on all your debt and liabilities, and it takes all that information and gives it to us instantly or yeah. as close to instantly as it can get. And and on top of that, it tells you your asset liabilities. It gives us bank balances, so it confirms that you've got funds to complete, you've got a deposit, you can afford to purchase the property right then and there because yeah. it has, we have all the data. Yeah. And so should we be concerned with the privacy of information with all of that sort of stuff or not? No, like um, really we still operate under the same Privacy Act rules, but mm. we just do it smarter. Like instead yeah. of sending you a document you have to print out, pull out your pen, sign it, scan it and send it back to us, yeah. Now we can just send you an SMS with a six-digit number and you can give us that six-digit number, which we put into the system at your end, and yeah. it, it shows that you're, you authorise us to collect that data. The password and the CRM attached to that password is yeah. never passed through to us, so we never see it. It's yeah. just like you're doing on your device now, like accessing yeah. internet banking now. We don't get that information. We just get the six-month statement. It's exactly the same as you emailing us the six-month statement, yeah. printing them out and attaching them to an email and sending them to us, and then someone going line by line through it and asking you questions. Yeah. That whole eight-day, nine, ten-day process has been put into almost uh, less than 15 minutes. So yeah. it's just the, the intelligence technology. So- so essentially, if I go to an auction and I'm like, okay, there's a house here, it's awesome, it's like $1.5 million, and I'm like, you know, they're, they're starting the bidding at 1.3, and I'm like, I really, really want this, send you a text message, they're still bidding, 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 um, it gets to the, you know, 1.45, I should get an answer within like 15 minutes saying, um, you can go to 1.456, my beauty, I'm starting to bid now, is that what you're saying we can do? I would say because of the rules of auctioning, you'd have to be registered before you oh, started bidding on the auction. We, we uh, don't, we're not registered in Victoria. We don't have to. Uh, well, well, in some states and territories, I think best practice, wearing my responsible lending hat here, um, I think the best practice is you rocked up prior to the auction 15 minutes and you, and you contacted, say, Duncan, for example, and he then started the process with you on a, on your phone via Zoom. Yeah. And he was showing you the intelligent credit app and sending the SMSs. You were you were pressing the buttons, inserting the data. It was populating it. Duncan would say, Are you right with this information and this loan amount? Can you afford it? So on and so forth. You go, Yes, I like it. He then sends you the approval letter of which yeah. you review. And then you execute that approval letter within 15 minutes, this is. Yeah. Execute that approval letter saying, yes, I'm comfortable with those repayments. 
and I would be comfortable borrowing 1.3 million and bidding up to 1.8 million. Yeah. So then you go and show your driver's license to the auctioneer to get your paddle and you go and you and you bid until you win the property. But it certainly beats having to tell Duncan six weeks in advance of an auction that hasn't come on the market yet that you yeah. want to buy a property that you didn't even know exists. Yeah. Because the traditional lenders it can take up to six weeks to get you approved. So yeah. It can take that, a that's, a, that's a, certainly a lot harder than, than that, that process. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so it, it makes it a bit more exciting, that's for sure. It's it's not going to be um, a mundane process because it can, you know, it's like, oh, no, it's another thing I've got to talk to my partner about after, you know, dinner tonight, you know, going yeah. through all those documents. You don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> no, you can, like, just on the refinancing side, you can be very quickly be on the bus. And you could be just you going to the intelligent credit process, and by yeah. the time you get off the bus, being how far away you live from work, um, you would effectively have refinanced your loan, and as of the next day, you'd be getting the benefits and savings associated with that refinancing. Yeah. So it's, it's really exciting. It's really giving the power to the consumer, and yeah. we're learning. We're learning this where a consumer can book an Uber. And the Uber might be eight minutes away and they'll cancel the Uber and look for another one that's closer. You know, they yeah. want, people yeah. want things fast now. And so yeah. um, that's coming into the financial service industry. How the major banks and the other organisations of traditional incumbent players are going to compete when they probably will struggle with, with such rapid change yeah. will be a really interesting phenomenon mm. of 2021. Mm. Yeah, sounds it. So, Duncan, because you're the uh, retail mortgage broker and James is the wholesale one, um, when will Intelligent Credit be available and how can we get it? Well, that's, um, that's a good question, Sue. My understanding is we're, we're looking at around September. Yeah. Um, so, so fingers crossed we, we can get over whatever there is to uh, the last service, which I'm not involved in, but, but yeah. certainly the distribution side from, from, from my, my new shop there at Mans Point will, um, will be a key location to distribute this. But... Like I yeah. said before, so everything's done remotely these days. So yeah. um, for, for us, it's just about getting out there and spreading the word about just how seamless and, and, and easy this system is to use. Yeah. Sounds good. So it's only, it's, well, this is going to air in September. So hopefully it's going to be available now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's definitely a game changer. And you heard it first here on Real Estate, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sounds exciting. So thank you so much, Duncan and James, for telling Real Estate Right listeners about the changing mortgage industry and all about intelligent credit. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. And it will be interesting to see how dynamic the mortgage industry will become now. So if you would like to contact Duncan Tonkin from Villa Finance Group to help you with your home loan, you can call him on 0411 867 or go to villafinancegroup.com.au, which is V-I-L-L-A-F-I-N-A-N-C-E-G-R-O-U-P.com.au. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks again, Sue. Next week, we will have small business and wealth creating chartered accountant Jeff Gartley from Gartley Advisory to give us some helpful tips on negative gearing. Don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted, written and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast. 
premium beat for our theme music and Zoom for our video link. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Real Estate Right on your favourite podcast platform. And if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on this podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.